Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Bulletin. Yeah, time to catch up with a great uh, sporting mind out of the media field. We welcome in Radio New Zealand. Yes, I can say that now. Well done to our state broadcaster who've been leeching off taxpayers' dollars. Finally investing in sport. Hello, Jamie Wall. How are you doing today, mate? <laughs> I, I told them I told them you got interested in that. I didn't say I'd say that stuff. God, I hope I'm possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, mate. Any chance yeah. to get on the soapbox? <laughs> I will. Good to, good to speak to your friend. Um, Portugal beating. Let's start with the Rugby World Cup. Portugal beating Fiji. But P- Fiji going through. Oh, is there a worse possible day to be an Australian rugby fan? I don't think so, because everyone else is really happy right now. Um, I think they're even happy in Fiji, even though they lost, because you know they got what they wanted out of it. Uh, obviously, it's a massive result for Portugal, who not only have... Uh, competed really well at this World Cup, but I, I'd say they'll probably be one of the better teams to watch. They to watch in, yeah. the, in the in the past in World Cups. The, the, one of the issues with the minnow teams, but I mean, like we all enjoy kind of having them there because it's kind of cool to see teams playing. But at the same time, their skill level was not great. You know, their uh, their competitiveness wasn't great. Um, what we've seen now. <clears throat> with Portugal because a lot of these guys obviously playing um, in France and, and this is the big, big positive of having two pro- fully professional divisions in France is that these guys are getting a crack uh, in fully professional environments. So that's why they're chancing their arm a bit more. They're not playing kind of boring 10-man rugby that the minnow teams used to do because that's kind of all they could really do to try and keep the score down. Um, and we're seeing some really cracking rugby, and like, well done to them. It's, it's, it's awesome to see uh, a team like Portugal, who first came into New Zealand's rugby consciousness back in 2007 when we put 100 points on them, uh, have managed to build a program, uh, develop a group of players, all homegrown players as well, uh, and are now competing at a World Cup and pulling off upsets like this. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and now now all going well, World Rugby up their game. Uh, I know COVID hit the last cycle, but we need to do more for Tier 2, Tier 3 nations, knowing full well, Jamie, they probably won't. A- a- am I too much yeah, I'm not. or do you actually see... Do you see light at the end of the tunnel here? Do you actually see something tangible, something significant changing for these nations? I mean, I'm not holding my breath, but I think that if World Rugby can be convinced that there's some sort of financial benefit out of this, that you can run another Europe, perhaps annual European competition that can be really marketed and sold as something really, really interesting, um, then that's the first step, I think. But, yeah, I, I think that at the moment, World Rugby's interest is completely on the World Cup. I've got this four-yearly um, tournament that, where they make all their money out of out of their broadcast rights and out of all their, their ticket sales and everything like that and that's what their focus is on and they don't need to worry about <clears throat> developing 
uh, these sorts of teams because they know that they're just going to qualify anyway. Um, and if they and if they're doing they're managing to make results like this and, and compete at this level without any sort of uh, investment in the years in between, um, then why would they? I, I guess it's just kind of like the way that the Pacific Islands have been treated for forever, uh, because you know, and it's ir- ironic that it came against Fiji, who are a team that have finally been given the kind of uh, financial backing and um, consistent exposure in, in Super Rugby, at least, yeah. uh, to high level high level uh, rugby, but. Uh, and saying that, you know, it, uh, I, I, you know, I'm hearing that the All Blacks are going to be playing a couple of tests against Fiji again um, next year, but these teams need to be playing against uh, top level teams on a consistent basis, and that's that's what the issue with Samoa. I think uh, what was it? I think some Manu Samoa have only played, I think it's 12 tests since the the last in the last like three years. And yes, again, like I know that COVID's played a massive part in all of that. Uh, but that needs to change if, if the rugby yep. landscape is going to actually be a more, you know, well-rounded thing. And this probably isn't the forum to have this conversation because it is quite layered, it's quite confusing, could go on forever and ever and ever. Uh, so the last one I'd like to ask you, Jamie, before we move off this subject, is what on earth then do World Rugby do with the money from their broadcasting and their ticket sales? At least FIFA, even FIFA build infrastructure, training bases around the global world, are you telling me World Rugby's not even as good as FIFA? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that the the, level, the sort of money that you're talking about has got a couple, probably a few less zeros <laughs> involved in it. Yeah, that's but fair. At the that same time, at, at the same time, the the broadcast, and if, if I could play devil's advocate here, like that money goes to pay for age grade tournaments uh, around the world. It goes to pay for like the the Pacific Nations Cup um, and things like that. So that money does in a way, find its way back uh, to places where it's needed. But if you want to make, you know, proper systemic change at at the top level, uh, it's more about scheduling, you know, regular tests with with other nations. And at the moment, the way that test rugby is structured, it's kind of unlucky. uh, It's kind of unlikely that that's going to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the problem. It's right at the pointy end. It's, it's, you know, the, these players are asked, there's so much asked of them. Where are the windows for these test matches to happen, which I think we all would love to happen. It's a complicated one, as I say. Uh, what was not complicated was the genius acts of people at Sky Stadium to confiscate the cowbells. Uh, much needed. Uh, abs- absolute stain on sport in the country, aren't they, Jamie? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want to just give a massive shout out to. Is it Red Badge? They still doing the doing good work down there at Sky Stadium um, because yeah, whoever whoever's in charge down there, they deserve a raise. Um, I think that this is like a great step in removing what is a real scourge of, of of rugby culture in this country. Something that should have been dealt with a long time ago. Um, and luckily, we're not going to be hearing them anywhere uh, again next weekend because uh, Wellington went out and got the job done. It took them what was it thirty seven thousand phases at the end to shut out Waikato, but uh, it was a really good game. One thing on the NPC I want to say, we 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 having constant conversations um, for the last few years about uh, where the crowds are, the interest in the NPC, um, and, you know, how we're going to fix it and everything. I don't think you can blame the, the teams and the players uh, no, for anything, especially over the weekend, because that was some, that was really good rugby. Like, uh, I think all of those games were, were really compelling going with the exception of Taranaki Tasman, but at least that was still 
interesting enough, but given some of the refereeing decisions and that, that there's something to talk about at the end of it. So I think that you know a lot of people out there love to blame New Zealand rugby for everything. And, and, and there's all these quite easy uh, reasons as to why the NPC uh, is not what it was before. And yes, a lot of them are valid. But there is no reason why you shouldn't be out watching it because those were some really good games. Um, and the games that came right down to the wire. And that, that game between Wellington and Waikato was one of them. Yeah, it was a really good game. And shout out to South Ghana and East Coast for that hucker. Amazing sights over the weekend. The Cricket World Cup, how, like, how much black cap sort of has have you taken on the Black Caps bong in the last couple of days, mate, as we pivot from Hawke's Bay and the NPC uh, into another sport? Yeah, yeah, uh, quite a few because I think that, you know, nothing really kind of gets, get, provokes a sort of feeling like a Black Caps win does, especially when it's not expected. I went to bed thinking like, oh, yeah, okay, this is going to be, they were heading towards... Um, you know, England were heading towards a pretty defendable score. Big one. And to wake up and see that see that scorecard, and it's like, okay, cool, I can understand that we won. But to win it like that, where you just absolutely pants them, and two guys got big tons, and, and you win by nine wickets, and just to send a statement like that, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, I, I think that it's obviously very early on uh, in a tournament, but... Given that the Black Caps do generally play well in tournament formats, you know, like they go they go deep. So I think you know I'm starting to feel a little bit confident there. But at the same time, man, I'm like, what's it like playing in a 130,000 seat stadium where there's oh, no. like 20 people there? Like, what was that like? That's really that must have been really strange. It would have been really really strange. Jamie, always enjoy chatting, mate. We always have a lot of fun. Uh, get back to your day job as a civil servant. Thanks for your time. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. <laughs> Jamie Wall there, of course, uh, Radio New Zealand. Uh, rugby writer, really, really good reader of the game and uh, fun bloke to chat to.